King, you have summoned me. What is it? Take this here vibranium to the Brother Miles as a gift from the people of Wakanda. Go and bring him the vibranium mic. He will use it wisely. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro. That's absolutely nothing. What did you do before you were named a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have there? Ask Professor Maurice Miles Martinez, MC Brother Miles, and he'll tell you like it really is. You can shackle the hands of black people. You can jail the bodies of black people. But you cannot shackle or jail the minds of black people. Rise up, black man, black woman, and reach to go back to Africa. My father was a Garveyite. Thus, Marcus Garvey can be thought of as my grandfather. But when you say, I've read in... Dr. Ben's book, or I've read in Dr. Ivan Van Sertima's book, or I've read in Professor Maurice Miles Martinez's book, they say, don't speak that information in here. Brothers and sisters, speak your truth to the world. Brother Miles, the black man's truth is here. The Real Wakandas of Africa podcast. History is a clock that people use to tell their political, economic, and cultural time of day. Brother Miles, the relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship of a mother to her child. Free at last and proud to be black. One day, Miles, will be free at last. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast. The place where black history, hip-hop, and spoken word come together. I'm your host, Maurice Miles Martinez, also known as MC Brother Miles. At the end of each podcast, we have an original spoken word poetry or hip-hop track by myself. So this week, I'm going to deal with the 1619 Project and whether it's a lie. And next week, I'm going to deal with whether there is a better year than 1619 to select when discussing the interaction of African people with the Americas. 1619 is the year pointed out in a book by Lerone Bennett Jr. called Before the Mayflower as the first time that enslaved Africans and indentured servants arrived in the United States of America. Now this project, which was a New York Times project, the 1619 Project, took the work of several journalists and others to forge a variety of arguments. Subsequently, historians jumped in and began to point out mistakes that were made. Now across both my undergraduate degree in black studies and two of my master's degrees, I studied under a scholar, Dr. William Sorrell, Professor Emeritus at the City University of New York at Herbert Lehman College, who is perhaps the most widely published black historian to teach at the City University of New York. And he published more than 50 articles as well as several books. He told us that in graduate school, one of the things that they had him do was to go through a book's chapter and everyone in the class had to do this and they had to actually check the footnotes in one chapter in one book so 
as they were doing this, they're actually reading through the chapter, and when they get to a note, they would go and read the primary source or the source that was referenced in that note and check the idea that was mentioned by that historian that was taken from that primary source. And he said that everyone who did this in the class, all of the graduate students in his class, found mistakes in all of the chapters that they reviewed. So the first thing that anyone's going to do is to look for mistakes in anything like the 1619 Project and raise them right away. If a given historian writes history of anything, there are mistakes in it. And if a journalist writes history, they too will make mistakes. And then they'll dismiss the entire body of work based upon those mistakes. So any part of the 1619 Project that was valid, they will dismiss in advance because of the mistakes that have been made in other areas. And if they can't dismiss it, they will belittle it. For example, when I was in graduate school and I would raise something factual about Africa, like Africans did surgery on the eye to remove cataracts, if the professor was aware of it, and there was one who was actually aware of it outside of the area of African studies, she mentioned it in class, and she said that West Africans did surgery on the eye to remove cataracts hundreds of years ago. But let me suggest to you that surgery on the eye to remove cataracts isn't that hard to do. Which prompted me to say in my mind, well, can you do it? You have a PhD. If surgery is so easy to do, can you do it? And inevitably, the answer would have been no had I asked the question. The point here is that this was extremely advanced for its time, and yet it was belittled by the professor under the backdrop that Africans could do nothing and that Europeans were more advanced. Now imagine if they really identify a mistake. If they are willing to belittle the factual history of Africans, then they are willing to really go after the mistake to discredit an entire body of work. And some of the 1619 Project's ideas have been called mistakes because either number one, they don't provide the evidence to support their broad sweeping suggestions or ideas, or number two, they contain factual errors. So it's almost like me saying to you something like, Barack Obama became president of the United States in 2005, and you say, no he didn't, he became a senator then. And then you say, everything you just said about his presidency is wrong, based upon the fact that you got his date of election to the presidency wrong. So as I pointed out before, this is pervasive in academia. This is a problem. Even worse, so is plagiarism. Just do an internet search of famous people who have plagiarized their work, and you will find people at the top of American society who have plagiarized their work. They'll tell you that no one cares because I am on the top of society. So you have famous Americans who are plagiarizing their work and they're still on top of society. They're still going on with their lives. And then you have scholars that have made mistakes and journalists that have made mistakes and they're being highlighted as creating this great awful, even though these are honest mistakes that they've made. Now, in terms of 1619, I would argue that 1619 is the wrong date to select for Africans coming to America. And even if you just select it for enslaved Africans, and even if you just select the continental United States or part of North America that we live in today, the 48 states, it's not the best year to select because the Spanish brought enslaved Africans to Florida in the 1500s. The other reason 
that 1619 isn't the best day to select for the foundation of slavery in this hemisphere is because it focuses only upon the English colonies that would eventually become the United States, and it excludes the century of slavery that our brothers and sisters in Latin America and the Caribbean went through. But I'll take this even a step further. I would argue that even sometime after 1492 is the wrong date for founding a black history in the Americas because any post-Columbus date ignores the rich African history that came before. Leroy Bennett Jr. and Before the Mayflower actually discusses the pre-colonial history of Africans, so I don't have a problem with him using 1619 as part of his overall dating or something to focus upon. But I do think that there are a host of better dates to use when discussing the emergence of Africans in America that don't exclude people from the Caribbean and Latin America. And these dates should be sometime in the 1500s. Next week, however, I'm going to be discussing a couple of other dates that I feel are even better than these that we should use when focusing upon Africans in the Americas, for there's an abundance of evidence of Africans in America before Christopher Columbus, before 1492. As always, we conclude the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast with an original spoken word poetry or hip-hop track by myself, MC Brother Miles, Maurice Miles Martinez. Was the 1619 Project speaking truth to power's eyes? Or did it simply just tell lies? Or even worse, was it plagiarized? My, oh my, oh my, oh my. Was America founded in 1776? Or was freedom fought on slavery's hit? Is the New York Times 1619 Project a factual gift? Didn't the Constitution in 1787 have slavery debated? And contains to this day, yes kid, Article 1, Section 2, three-fifths of the population of slaves shall be counted. No, don't discuss that. It's not part of American history. The Quakers and Free African Society had petitioned the 1787 Constitutional Convention to end slavery. But did any of the American founding fathers consider the Africans humanity? When they discussed and debated and wrote Article 1, Section 2 in the Constitutional Complexity. Read the debate over slavery, the primary sources. Did even one person say the Africans should go free as they enshrined in the Constitution of the issue of slavery? Not one did. So was this white supremacy or inhumanity? You can't for sure call this equality. I can tell you this, anything of Africa's value is minimized in mainstream European and American historical eyes. 
They mince through sources until they surmise, I found the lie! I found the lie! But don't they look for the problems on their side? In their literature, my, oh my, oh my, oh my, the New York Times, go back to the historians that criticize your project and look through the sources of their books in kind, and you will find mistake after mistake, lie after lie, and convoluted arguments that protect white supremacists and expose those who are kind. Like H. Rap Brown, who spoke of violence with a Black Panther's mind. I have to say, racism is American as cherry pie. Thank you for listening to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast. If you like listening to this podcast, you can now support it by becoming a direct supporter of the weekly podcast. You can donate at the $4.99 level, and if you don't have as much money, you can support it for as little as $1 per month. Please click the link at the end of the description on my podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. The link will take you to my Anchor.fm podcast page, which is powered by Spotify. If you scroll down on my Anchor.fm page, you will see a button which says support. Anyone who supports at the $9.99 level monthly, I will send you an autographed copy of my book, The Real Wakandas of Africa, Dr. John Henry Clark versus Herman Cain, if you email me. If you support me at the $9.99 level, you will need to email me the address that you want the book sent to at Martinez at gmail.com and I will send you an autographed copy of my book. Again, that email is Martinez at gmail.com M-A-U-R-I-C-E-M-I-L-E-S-M-A-R-T-I-N-E-Z at gmail.com, all one word. And I will send you an autographed copy of the book if you support me again at the $9.99 level. You can also pick a copy of my books up on Amazon, The Real Wakandas of Africa, Dr. John Henry Clark vs. Herman Cain, The Great Wall of Africa, The Empire of Benin's 10,000-mile-long wall, and The Real Vibranium of Africa, which is also under the name The Wakandas, Real Vibranium of Africa, by myself, Maurice Miles Martinez. I have some new books coming out soon, and I will keep you updated. Thank you again for listening to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast, and I will speak with you next week.